Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello, everybody. This is Betsy Wurzel, host of Chatting with Betsy on Patchwork World Talk Radio. Jeannie White is the producer and writes the blog. And I suggest you read the blog because it's going to have information about my guest. And you're going to want to stay tuned to this podcast, which I'm really excited about because I haven't even spoken to my guest before, but I was very interested in what I saw in the various support groups that I belong to. And I said, I have to get this guy on my show. So if you want to know how to exercise your brain and you want to improve your brain, you want to stay tuned to the show. And I want to welcome Gabriel Botet, who is the creator and founder of Neurosize, old-timers at Neurodiverse Personalized Games Dash Program Online, aimed to entertain the brain. Well, that just, I'm just fascinated with that just by itself. So I want to welcome Gabriel Botet to Chatting with Betsy. Hi, Gabriel. Hey, Betsy. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you for coming on. Gabriel, I'm really excited because I have you're heard right. I'm of... Glad you're excited. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. I've heard of games for the brain, but how did you come up with um, your program and what's your background and how long have you been doing this? I know it's like a three-loaded question. That's why I get when I get excited. I just... <laughs> That's okay. I understand it. Um, okay, so essentially this came from working within the assisted living uh, world. I was an activities director, um, so this was kind of a culmination of things. One aspect is I'm an artist, and um, when the opportunity presented itself to work at an assisted living, essentially I moved from... Miami to Atlanta to get into film and television at some capacity and uh, ultimately did so and while working there I was kind of still feeling um, there was something that didn't feel right even though I managed to get a job in the arts and it kind of felt the same aspect as as the corporate stuff I had done Um, so there was an assisted living across my place and while growing up, my grandmother was my primary caretaker. And um, I felt like a polarity to it. I thought it might be something that would feel good to do. Um, also, 
kind of giving my time felt like something I, that would bring some value. But essentially what had happened was when spending time there, I enjoyed just being around people that, people, that, that genuinely wanted me around, I kind of acknowledged. Um, turned out it was a guy activities director at this place, and after visiting a few times, they had made a proposal or let me know, hey, they had a position at another property or a sister property. And um, I was apprehensive because naturally I was working in film and TV and I felt, you know, this isn't, doesn't feel like it's something that's going to make me feel cool. But um, I ultimately talked about it with my sister, who's an OT, uh, occupational therapist, and um, I kind of thought, you know, if, if it's something that I could change and have a bit of more of creative outlet in, I'd be open to it, and it'd be something that would change my um, my credentials and right stuff like that. So um, I kind of did a little research and thought, how could I just going into there kind of sound like I, I was familiarized with with the industry and kind of already have something to offer rather than just the fact of being you know accepted or or offered the position or able to apply for it. Let them, I'd like to show investment in what I could do. So I thought of some stuff. I looked at what games did, activity directors. Like, okay, I kind of have an idea. So I went in, and I had a few pages, and the interview went well, and I uh, was offered the position. And um, the property w- became kind of an experimental. In some degrees, they were different with the things that I did, I suppose, at some capacity, because I never really got any um, reprimanding for doing kind of unique things, eccentric things at the property and off the property. So the neuroscience wasn't necessarily a thing at that point, but I was getting acclimated with people, you know, in a personal way. And this particular location had individuals from their, you know, their, I'd say their 50s to their 100s. Um, they were individuals that, we're living with different um, aspects of neuro, neurodegenerative or neurological conditions. There was head trauma. There was individuals that resided there for health concerns, not necessarily for aging concerns, also to be close to family, et cetera. So, um, mm-hmm. so I was, I suppose, given a platform to experiment with also ideas that I came up with and that kind of demographic. So people were very open, naturally, as you, I'm sure, know with living with a condition like that. You know, the filter kind of is non-existent in some levels. Right. right? So um, That's true, yes. So it's good. Yep. So it worked out, it, it worked out mm-hmm. in my favor because people were very open with, with opinions, which worked great because it, it just solidified what, felt good about the direction that led me to that point. So I did that for a few years and um, excelled. It was great. Uh, tons of stories, lots of experience. And the company had a merger and the freedoms that I had were going to be withdrew, um, withdrawn. So I said, all right, I'll and, and the residents would bust my balls and they would tell me things. They'd be like, what are you doing here? And stuff like that. And I'd laugh and I'd say, I don't know, I'm figuring it out just like you. But people were so open and receptive that 
it felt really comfortable just to kind of be honest about what I was doing and, and the circumstance that we were all in. So then um, I was kind of familiarized with what it took to book vendors for, for things to do. And I had connections through the arts in Atlanta, so I would do things with the museum and I would try to have eccentric um, projects to come in. So I was like, all right, I, kind of, I, I can kind of do this like a, a vendor, essentially. And um, by that point, I had kind of already like um, cultivated foundations of games. And during the time of, um, of working there, I also self-educated. I started getting into neuroscience and different aspects of whether it be Alzheimer's or just anything with the brain that I could learn and then kind of innovate off of, whether it was a game or a, a perspective on something that I saw with someone happening. And, um, you know, a nerd. So I just kind of cultivated the, uh, the creativeness, the um, willingness to want to educate myself and also wanting to create and use my artistic um, abilities. I have a um, graphic design background that was also self-taught. I went to vocational school for a moment in South Florida uh, prior to moving up. And, um, I mean, I, I did learn the fundamentals, but I, I didn't complete it. I ultimately just left that. And uh, I tied that into what I do. So... Um, it's been fun because it's an artistic endeavor that's been able to facilitate self-fulfillment and then um, kind of bringing entertaining um, thinking for folks that I kind of understand might already be apprehensive walking into the door when you hear um, something about brain fitness and you're living, you know, with a condition that some people aren't comfortable with talking about in some degrees you say a brain, uh, a brain person, and there's like this apprehension, right? But working it through the years here in Georgia, it's kind of like uh, you got to get a feel for the room and the people. And with time, I got that um, even more so with just kind of seeing people. And now it's, it's shifted to doing it. I've been kind of more exposed now to the caregiving world of folks at home or individuals. And it's kind of the same thing, and it felt even... Um, because of personalizing it even more for individuals and groups, because when I would work with groups here, I kind of have a feel for the properties. Essentially, I worked with the properties in the city of Atlanta, so I, was get, I would get familiarized with who new residents were at assisted livings and, um, and also at the city centers. And I had a few, um, I've had other opportunities open up with children with autism, I've had um, a few schools and kids themselves. That actually one was an interesting story because he um, was falling back and reading, and he um, was a dyslexic. He is a dyslexic dyslexic child, and um, we managed through my sessions to. I think it was a he got a year ahead, so they weren't going to hold him back. I think he had uh, been held back two years. So it's, it's offered me interesting stuff, you know, personally and professionally. That sounds awesome, Gabriel. I, what attracted my eye, and I think I've seen you in groups maybe the past um, the time, few months. Correct. You, you 
uh, went on the different groups. And what attracted me to the neuroscience was your graphics, yeah, uh, what you're saying, and that's why I, I had to have you uh, come on. Now, when people think of games, games, they're like, oh, okay, so how is a game going to keep my mind sharp and active? And some people are very hesitant to do something like that. What was, what's your recommendation? Like, do they, if I was interested in going onto your site for a game, what would I do? What's the process? Do I just pick out a game? Do you consult with uh, with the uh, person of what they yeah, what games what, they should do? do? Yeah. So essentially, it's that there is like a, a preliminary, let's say, or consultation the first time I ever meet an individual or group to kind of get acclimated, and I'll kind of have a few games that I think fundamental fundamentally that won't be too complex. I try to like implement abstract thinking and then I'll implement some color oriented things. They're not essentially a massive variable, but it gives me a feel and um, things that have to do with font interpretation, imagery uh, interpretation, etc. So I'll have kind of like a set. So I've kind of it's also kind of been an interesting observation because I've, when I started it and going into um, different assisted livings and stuff, I was like, I saw I was a, a, a mobile DJ of neurological activity. So I already have a set. I like that. Kind of, I think it's interesting. It's a weird self, uh, subconscious interpretation, I guess. But I'll have a set. I'll walk into the set. I'll see what they do. And depending on how abstract the session goes, like how, <coughs> if, they, if someone really pushes it, then I'm like, oh, wow, then we really have, this is where we're at, it's interesting. Or, I'll, or someone might not be as capable off the bat, but I'll see that there is something, right? And then I'll, I'll kind of lean into that. I'll be like, okay, I kind of see that they struggled in this area, so then I think I'll try to guide them to these games or design things or something that I might know, right? Something that I've, I've just kind of intuitively um, analyzed through my time doing this. And then I just go from there. I just, I'm constantly making material and I already have a substantial amount. So I just try to personalize the sessions for the people. And then it, it's, a, it's a varied um, way of looking at it, it's a therapy in one capacity, uh, whether it be neurologically or emotionally, because I'm trying to utilize entertainment, whether comedic or ironic, or I like to play, like you had noticed, on words. And there's a big variable when someone doesn't feel like there's a possibility of being defeated. So I say that because the games in some capacity lend themselves to a multitude of, of answering because everyone has a different life experience on something. So an image might not necessarily transcend equally or, you know, it, it won't mean the same thing for, for everybody. 
But as long as maybe one of my games makes sense, the objective is I'm looking at it, I guess, from a neurological perspective. I'm trying to lean into neuroplasticity. So if an individual can conceptualize something creatively that's coherent and, you know, grammatically concise to some degree, then it's cool. Then it made it. You know, so it's fun to know that um, there's that opportunity for people to not feel um, stupid, right? Because nobody, that's a big one. So I guess that's my best way of describing that answer is trying to understand the rhythm, the session, how it'll work with somebody, and then Mm -hmm. what it is we're aiming to do and the different ways of doing it. I like that. I, I like that you are setting someone up for success, to right. be successful. And right. nobody, you know, I say this all the time, nobody wants to be set up for a failure. Um, right. But I like that you, you know, consult with someone and work with their, you know, capabilities so that they can feel successful in doing, you know, a game or what you know, whatever it is. What's an example of one, one of your games, Gabriel, in yeah. your mind? Um, no problem. And the graphics actually lend themselves, not all of them, but I've, like, incorporated imagery from games into designs, and there's a little playoff. You know, there's the artistic flair there, but um, you've seen some stuff already. But an example <laughs> would be, let's say, one is abstract imagery, or um, just images, right, like we said earlier, subject to interpretation. So I might design, design a game and have an idea on how it should sound, but somebody more typically than not, which is very impressive, I guess, from a neurological perspective where someone didn't think they had an ability, and I, I tell them, hey, you put this together, it made sense, you know, good job, and they really like that because you're, you're giving them an affirmation of their, or an acknowledgement of their intelligence, which is great, right? It's um, positive reinforcing. And, um, right. Right. And then, um, then the ability to, to let's say, um, I'll integrate like visual spatial perceptions, let's say. So I might have games that are designed for whether an individual can focus, can they see things broadly, whether things are... Um, different opacities or clarities, like things that are more vivid than others. So I'll design something to that degree, and I'll see how intricate it can become and, and their, their analyzation of it. Um, and that's a lot of it. It's some of it is, a lot of it is kind of playing off what people already know, and then I just kind of find clever ways of putting it together and, and adding my... my my experience with it, because I tie it in also with neuroscience, and I'll try to articulate something to someone, not only positive, but hey, look, you did this. This is you. Could, this is good. You might be able to improve on this. Or I notice when you say things out loud, this seems to be of benefit. And the family member or the caretaker might be next to them, so it's like a little uh, exchange of information as well. Um, that is really. Cool. I mean, I wish there was something like this for my uh, when my husband was alive. Right. Because what I like what you, what you're doing, Gabriel, I, and I saw that you're different in this way. You know, there's a lot of games that you know you could get from various bookstores and all that. But I like the fact 
that someone can contact you. You do an interview with them, kind of, you know, because you're consulting with them, and right. to find out what they're capable of so that you can design something for them to, yeah. to help them and make them feel, you know, uh, successful, make them feel good about themselves. Because when they, I'll give you an example. The neurologist would say to my husband, uh, Matt, what are you doing to exercise your brain? Well, my husband couldn't go on a computer. He couldn't even hold a pencil. And he has visual problems, which brings me to my next question because I'm just curious. What do you do with someone who has a visual problem uh, as far as, like, seeing? Matt had trouble with seeing um, images. I mean, I don't know how he saw things, but they were, you know, he had the depth. Um, perception, and even showing him pictures, like on the phone or photograph, he had trouble seeing. So how how do you do work that in with your games? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I just observe how someone's telling me stuff, I suppose, and then... I just work with them the best, I guess the best I can. I've never really experienced other than a big variance in colors. <coughs> the most experience I had with an individual with a vision impairment other than losing it was macular degeneration. And actually one of my first, um, I suppose, it, no, it wasn't necessarily an endeavor, but it was an invention, were rackets because I had made a friend her name was Virginia, and Virginia would um, educate me on the process that she had to do to read, which I didn't, I, I kind of knew a little bit about this stuff, because I remember libraries, I and mean, when you had to go to library, you'd had the electronic um, newspaper clippings that you could like sift through, so this is how she read, and then she explained color, and I came up with these rackets that were really light and vibrant, but that was the most exposure that I ever had with like a big difference in vision. Now what I see commonly, um, some people are aware of it, some others aren't, is um, I guess you'd call it color blindness, but I suppose I'd call it like color difference. That yes. I just roll yeah, that I just roll with it. And then also when it comes to numbers and letters as well, that's part of what I do with games. And then when I see people doing it on their own accord, I just kind of acknowledge it and the same, the same aspect, I just roll with it. I don't, um, I don't make it a big deal. You know, I just, I just, if the family member feels something like that, I suppose I'd, I, I would address it at some capacity. But in general, I just kind of, I just play with it. I just see if it's something I can play with them or, or they expose me to a new a new thing I wasn't aware of that I didn't see. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's, that's different. Now, do they play these games with you, Gabriel? Is it like a Zoom or um, other type of video yeah. thing? Yeah, so, correct. Yeah, I, I do everything with an individual one-on-one um, or the caretaker. Oh, I like that. I, I like that. I, you know, <laughs> that's 
so excited. I'm thinking, darn, I wish you were really 10 years ago. Forget 10 years ago, 20 years ago with my mother-in-law. Yeah, and I had, like I was mentioning to you earlier, and it's different, you know, it it, it was different. I acclimated the skills um, that I got from working with groups, and it isn't that I can't do a group. um, And virtually I still have groups. I still have properties that I work with and others that – that I, I do have, but with an individual, it, it can be more tailored naturally. Right. So I realized that was something that I didn't know priorly. It, it, so it's, it's, it was good because I, re, I kind of reversed engineered my skill set to be able to understand the complexities of a room and people in different um, capacities. So then it wasn't like I was giving one game for everyone. I kind of understood I had to give a few games to different groups of folks in the group and then work it like that. When I'm with someone, then I'm a lot more in tuned because you're getting that attention and then I suppose there is less of the variable of the overstimuli, whether it be the sound or the people. So incorporating that, it's been um, more insightful, I suppose, or just a variance in, in, in insightfulness on the fact that when I'm with somebody and I go, okay, I remember how this session went. Let me see if I add this to the next session or let me, let me mix around this set and let me throw this more um, involved thinking game. Then it, it, it helps both of us or all of us collectively in the call um, witness it experience it and then we can talk about it and I can say hey you know you did something pretty impressive and then it's it's um, it does tie into being the positive reinforcing and then also informing them hey you got it like you're doing it you're you're essentially you're doing new things to your brain whether you know seeing it as a new because I like you had noticed or mentioned before with the graphics there's my style, right? I integrate this novelty component with the presentation of the game and the fact that it's new material um, and they're, they're grasping it, then it just um, you know, verifies for, for all of us, look, we're doing it, like we're, we're making your brain do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really, I, I have to say this, Gabriel, and I'm so impressed. I'm so that. glad... Uh, you're welcome. I'm so glad you came on because when I think of, you know, games or memory games, brain games, I'm thinking of the stuff I see in the big box bookstores. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they say crossword puzzles or this. Now, I know everyone is different. Mm-hmm. I knew back then my husband could not do that. Right. And if you know, I knew about you, say, five years ago, and I had a smartphone or a computer. I could have contacted you. You could have assessed Matt, and then it would have been like an activity that Matt and I could do with you. So then you're having family time, right. and you're having an activity with someone there. It's not like you're just, okay, I'm taking out this puzzle now with the wooden blocks or taking out this book with a brain exercise. You're making it exciting. Yeah, there's, there's, so I've been asked through time to sample different companies, like people have, like, such as yourself, have acknowledged 
my work, which is great. And it's nice, you know. And um, so they've extended things for me to see. And I'm posed with this question, and it helped me priorly to have to, to being open-minded to not get, you know, like really kind of what didn't deliberately let me run into this profession, which was my ego. I was just like, you know, man, I'm working in film and stuff. And the same thing with my games. I was... I didn't want to get into a place where I was like, oh, let me not even acknowledge other people because I have my style and, you know. So I've tried people's stuff. Now here's my, what, I, what, I, what I've observed about my experience, and you're right. The, the fact that everyone that's diagnosed is different um, and what helped me also feel really comfortable in that, space with individuals was the variance in the type of people. So I felt like there was more humanity, I suppose. And I, could, I too could be myself. So it lended itself to, um, to, to that. And then not everyone's got the same ability, whether it's digital memory or some people enjoy things that are tactile versus things that are just displayed versus... Um, all the, all the possibilities that exist with, with, with entertainment or brain stimulation or whatever. So um, I think there's something for everybody. And what I have uh, shaped, I suppose for me, it, 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 I just observed through my experience something that wasn't there because I had to also order those games that we're talking about, uh, maybe not the very advanced ones that are accessible now that are very digital, um, but the basic fundamental stuff, you order mag magazines and stuff. So I was like, man, but what if this existed? What if Because I, I originally, when I made this, I thought about the tactile component. I realized the variable that activity, activity directors were, um, I suppose, more, I was more familiarized in their world because that's where I started, and that when people touch stuff, they felt like they were in the game. It didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. You, some people... They become part wants, of it. Right. You, whether it's acknowledgement verbally, that's one aspect. But then when you make someone hold something, now you feel like you're part of this, this thing. There's that cue that your brain's going to click. It's tactile, et cetera. Now, I'm not doing that anymore. Now it's, this is, now it's on the screen. So I suppose that's the flow of things. You find you know, what it is people like and what you enjoy doing. But I'd like to think it's exciting, too. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, and I, I had to ask you this question, Gabriel. Do you do consultations and can people that are in other countries, because this um, podcast is international. Yeah, oh, great. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's, yeah. that is, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I always ask people that because we are international. And I want to thank you, Gabriel, for coming on. I really enjoy talking to you. And I, I mean this when I say this. Folks, if Gabriel was around five years ago, I would have contacted him. Right after I heard this podcast, I would, con I would have contacted him. Because unless you live with someone, like I said, everyone is different. Matt couldn't sit down and do a crossword puzzle. There's a lot of, um, you know, just to get like a, a game, like you see, 
to do, he wasn't going to do, but if he would have had somebody, uh, especially another uh, man talking to him while I doing it. That. Yeah, you're, you're actually, yes. you're correct. Yeah. And I was there. That would have really, I think he would have connected because he heard a man. I know that my tempers are not being sexist. No, but. It's, it's, I mean, that was my, my experience. So uh, uh, introduction to understanding male neurodegenerative diseases was a, uh, a lot of the um, management team uh, and regional as well um, hearing positive stuff only because I was a guy around other guys. I mean, I really didn't think it was much more than that, and I just felt that they just wanted uh, another male energy to be around. There wasn't anything dynamic, but I realized, oh, these are just individuals that want to connect. So I observed that males, um, more often than not, were very um, repressive. They would hold in, right? They would like, even, to, even it didn't matter the variance of health condition they had, right? They would they'd still say, I'm okay, etc. But once I started my uh, essence of being, like one of the things I would do to gain, I guess, acceptance and participation was I would um, knock on everyone's apartment every morning. So I would take an hour and more, I think, um, just to do this. And then after a while, people would participate, and it became a thing, and the whole property um, worked with me. It was a very cohesive environment. It was very beautiful. All the people there were great. Um, and um, it was that. And then guys would be like, okay. And then I'd get the – then it wouldn't even be a thing. Then there'd be a new guy come in, and then the dudes would talk to him, Right. And then he'd show up, and it, was, it became more of an organic participation. So then it's something that I, I took note of, and then uh, moving forward with other properties and people, I, under, I understood this. So I've, I've used it till this day with one-on-ones and understanding that variable, that the guy's probably not spoken to another dude unless he has a close family member, but at that, in that regard, it's also different because it, it might necessarily be, not feel like camaraderie, but maybe a different, you know, a different way of feeling it. So, yeah. It's, yeah, it's that's, that's um, great what you're doing. And thank you for what you are doing and for coming on Shining with Betsy. It, this is going to uh, the information to reach Gabriel will be in the blog, but can you just say, Gabriel, how does someone get in touch with you? Yeah. Contact you. Can find me on um, Facebook personally, if you'd like, which is Gabriel Botet, B-O-T-E-T. On Instagram, it's Neurosize. That's N-E-U-R-O-S-I-Z-E. And the same... um, Name applies for a Facebook page, and I'm also on LinkedIn uh, as Gabriel Botet as well. Or Neuroscience, I suppose. Either or. Oh, that's, that's awesome. And this interview will be on my <laughs> LinkedIn uh, page. <laughs> so um, that's, that's, yeah, that's really cool. I'm so glad that I, you know, contacted you and you know, saw you on Facebook and in the different dementia groups. 
And I, I want to applaud you. Are. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate it, but I, I will do the opposite, and I will say to you, that's what um, I suppose got my attention. I was like, I like this lady. I like her persistence. <laughs> and I saw your video, and I was like, oh, she seems super personal. Like, she seems great, so I appreciate it. Oh, that. thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Folks, if you missed any of this podcast, you can listen to it again. Chatting with Betsy is on Spotify, Spreaker, Google, Podchaser, and other podcast outlets. And I want to thank Gabriel Botet again and for what you're doing with your neuroscience. And I just want to make a mention, today is 9-11, but this won't be uh, posted probably till next week. We should never forget what happened to 9-11. And I want to thank all the people who helped at that time. And let's remember the ones who were killed. And I just want to just give a huge thanks to the uh, first responders, police officers, and everyone that helped um, at that time. And I also want to make mention that September is World Alzheimer's Awareness Month. September 21st is World Alzheimer's Awareness Day. So uh, keep that in mind also. And thank you for listening. This is Betsy Wurzel, host of Chatting with Betsy and Passionate World Talk Radio. Be kind, folks, and shine your light. And please, connect with Gabriel. I'm not kidding when I tell you I would be on the computer, (laughs) going on Facebook, on my phone. This was really five years ago. I'm serious. I think you'll get a kick out of it. You just got to leave it in your hand. Yeah, I really think this is really great because, you know what, to be honest, when I hear, like, this is, this is the truth. When I hear someone like with brain games, I roll my eyes because I'm thinking, you know, how Matt was, he can never do it. But you have something different to offer, and it's just I would have really would have tried it, and you know, who knows? Down the road, I might need it for myself. I am going to be 63. It's interesting because <laughs> the program's being adapted, and the more people I meet, um, it actually became a caregiving tool. Not only, I mean, not just what I do, but kind of for caregivers. So um, it's funny, man. It's just an interesting thing, I suppose. Yeah, that's best of luck to you, really. Best wishes. And I hope people do, you know, contact you about your neuroscience. I definitely, you know, highly suggest you contact Gabriel, see what, you know, doesn't hurt to have a consultation and, you know, go from there. So I want to encourage everyone, you know, to do that. And please share this uh, podcast and the blog. And well, you know what? We should do something for your, for your audience. So, the consultation, mm-hmm. the first visit's free. Okay. Let's do that. That's great. So the yeah. consultation, first visit would be free. Well, you can't go wrong there, folks. <laughs> I, you definitely can't go wrong there. I would be jumping on it. Um, well, it's, for your, it's for your reaching out. I appreciate it. So I thought it would be a good thing for your audience to, to, to reap the, the benefits of your, of your work. 
what you're doing. Thank you. So if they mentioned, Gabriel, they have to mention to you, though, chatting with Betsy, that they heard you on yeah, chatting yeah, with I Betsy. Okay. Oh, great. That's terrific. Well, thank you so much, Gabriel, and thank you, everyone, for listening. And just be kind, be safe. And, again, this is Betsy Wurzel, host of Chatting with Betsy. Chat with you later. Bye-bye. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy. But you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great. Filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com.